Hey everybody, this is Alkis, and you're listening to the Greekonomics Podcast, the show that explores how social, technological, and economic conditions will affect the businesses of the future, with a focus both on the Greek economy and worldwide. Today, we are moving to the first episode in the theme of the 2008 Greek financial crisis. We are going to go topic by topic, step by step, on some very important aspects. Of course, you are going to ask me, why aren't you doing this podcast in Greek, since the target audience will be mostly Greeks? I agree, yet the material covered in this podcast is relevant to well beyond Greece, and even beyond the Eurozone, which I'm going to refer to as EZ from now on. Crucial to the EZ's long-term survival is that productivity growth does not diverge across member countries. This is because in the absence of the currency devaluation tool, Such divergence would lead to high unemployment in the underperforming countries. Policies should hence be devised to raise productivity in the underperforming countries and to make their markets more flexible so that they can better adjust to change, something that not only applies to Greece, but to many countries as well. While indeed, in the easy, the environment is less forgiving of factors that lower productivity growth, The policies and things that I will talk about should be part of the agenda of in any well-functioning economy. This is even more applicable in the current circumstances. Financial leverage is high in both the private and the public sector, and populism is riding high as well. And COVID-19, yeah, I'm pretty sure you have heard about that COVID-19 thing. It just makes the issues that I will be grasping onto in this series of episodes even more crucial. Sensible economic reforms to raise productivity and improve public finances, as well as the functioning of the state more broadly, could help deal with many of these problems. Okay, so we have introduced the new part of the episodes of this podcast. There will be released, however, episodes on other interesting topics, like the ones on workplace culture, that have already been published. Check them out. Anyhow, let's commence today's topic. Education. More precisely, the problem with the Greek educational system. Why am I starting from this? Well, it's because it is the topic that I, the 17-year-old student, have the most authority on. I have lived it. I go to school every day. And because it is one of the most important aspects of a well-functioning economy, I want to talk about today on the way, how does it affect the economy? In my opinion, of course, And according to my knowledge and research that I have conducted, education affects the economy in two ways. Expenditure on education services, public and private, accounts for a significant fraction of national income. A poor design and function leads to an inefficient use of scarce resources and lower economic welfare. Secondly, it raises human capital, so it raises productivity in a country. Here is a part of an interview by the channel Greece Investor Guide with Notis Mitarakis. While Notis Mitarakis currently serves as the Minister of Migration and Asylum, at the time of the interview he was the Deputy Minister of Labour and Social Affairs. Listen to what he has to say about education. One of the key strengths of the Greek economy is its human capital. Greeks traditionally invest in education, and for us education is a priority. School education, university education, graduate, doctoral degrees. This is not unusual 
for young Greeks that are thriving in uh, higher education. We hope, and I would like to say that, that we will manage in the end to change the Greek constitution and allow private universities to come also and strengthen the high quality of public education we already have in the country. Also, a lot of Greeks choose to go abroad and we are one of the highest exporters of students in the world. All that creates a human capital, especially in white-colored jug, highly skilled, well-educated, speaking foreign languages, and this is what is today's the reality of the labor market. I believe this human capital is being underutilized today. We want more investment, more quality investments to give these young people the opportunity to thrive and also for foreign businesses to see that Greece is a place to do business. I think the brain drain is a huge opportunity because you now have 400,000 skilled Greeks working in international markets, learning from other countries, becoming more international, more competent in a more corporate environment. Should these people choose to come back, and Greeks historically choose to come back, not all of them, you will get an inflow of people within the domestic economy that are extremely skilled. Also, the values they've learned, how other countries work, give them a more open perspective. And that comes together and that gives a boost to the Greek economy. Okay, so let's continue. Since the Greek economy is neither a pioneer in technological progress or at the other end of the spectrum being inexpensive in terms of labor costs, having a better educational system is crucial to increase competitiveness in a sustainable manner. What I'm trying to say, essentially, is that it is not like Greece has got very cheap labor to compensate for the lower productivity as it would be the case in a country like Colombia. The minimum wage in Colombia is about $1.61 an hour and based on the work week of 48 hours, the yearly wage becomes a bit above $4,000. It's less than the average wage in the UK for one and a half month. This means that a better educated labor force allows production to be competitive without resorting to a decrease in wages and the quality of institutions like the justice system, media and political representation are directly linked with the educational level of its citizens. Of course, social mobility is another thing I have to mention. A well-functioning educational system is a key in creating a path for those who come from financially struggling and less educated families to climb up the social ladder. It's like the, it's like the game Donkey Kong, the 1981 version by Nintendo in which Mario jumps across platforms to ascend a construction site and rescue Pauline from the giant gorilla named Donkey Kong while avoiding or jumping over obstacles. Yeah, it's taken pretty far, but you get the point. That there are many obstacles in this process of climbing up the social ladder due to multiple socio-political and economic factors. Social mobility is a source of dynamism for societies and thus for their production abilities. The Greek educational system does not differ substantially from the other EU countries, yet there are certain issues and failures in its design. Nevertheless, the number of students successfully graduating has been actually increasing steadily because of the high demand for education. This stems from the overall idea that along with owning a house, which is a topic that I will certainly analyze in one of the future episodes, education is the best investment in a volatile environment. Many of these Greek students pursue advanced studies abroad and have successful professional careers abroad, even academic careers. Let's, let's speak some facts though. 
the number of university graduates per capita in Greece isn't much lower than the EU average, even though Greek public expenditure on education is significantly lower than the EU average. Here's the catch, my friends. Unemployment among university graduates in Greece is far higher than the EU. There is a lot of frictional unemployment, as my fellow econ students say, but there are also many rigidities in the labor market. Thus, Greece has a significant stock of idle human capital that could have been a crucial driver of growth and prosperity if put correctly to use. Now, I am going to begin the rant about the problems. Firstly, the average quality of the services provided by the Greek education seems to be low, as neither the quality of education or the graduates are satisfactory in today's extremely competitive labor market, according to the book Beyond Austerity. Greece was ranked 24th in 2016 among OECD countries on the percentage of the population who had completed secondary and tertiary education. The PISA tests also demonstrate some very important things. Greece was placed 24th for reading and 17th for writing in 2009. Very low in my opinion. And that's not all. The research output is low as well. The, only the National and Capodistrian University of Athens, ECPA, became the first Greek university to enter the top 200 in an international ranking. More specifically, based on the results of the global ranking by Webometrics Ranking for Web Universities, ECPA is ranked 180th worldwide among 12,000 universities evaluated. Now, one may be tempted to say, hey, it's because they are spending so little. Bump up the spending, dude. Greece was among the 10 OECD countries that spent the lowest proportion of GDP on primary to tertiary educational institutions. In 2018, Greece spent 3.7% of GDP on primary to tertiary educational institutions, which is 1.2 percentage points lower than the OECD average. Note though, that it spends almost exclusively on public education and it does not include two main factors. One, the tuition costs for private tutoring services, for this theory is the name in Greek, and tuition and living costs for the students studying abroad. In my opinion, which is essentially saved by the research that I have done, it is all about incentives. There, there are little incentives in the Greek educational system and the institutions to raise performance. As a result, resources are not allocated optimally and only when someone applies the heaviest pressure on the government they react. Formal evaluation of universities only started a few years ago and only operates nominally. A major flaw. Also, for the majority of professors and teachers, their wage is the same for a given rank and there is no discrimination with regards to their ability or superior performance. It is not surprising, after, that the results are suboptimal. The Greek education system is just too centralized, formalistic, and dependent on the state. It is the Ministry of Education, Research, and Religious Affairs that manages this whole area. Let me describe this system briefly so you can have an idea. At the primary and secondary levels of education, Private schools operate alongside the public ones with a strict curriculum and structure. I went to a private school, 
and it could only marginally deviate from the norms of the Ministry of Education. At tertiary level, the private institutions are not recognized by the state, and this is written in the Greek constitution that universities have to be public. The Ministry of Education controls the resources, the personnel, the admissions criteria, programs of study, everything essentially, and it provides weak incentives for high performance and, of course, an extreme bureaucratic control. Lastly, I need to mention that the labor market is a key part of this equation too, a well-functioning and dynamic labor market that recognizes high ability and rewards it accordingly is instrumental toward providing strong incentives to students to improve their performance and to the teachers and institutions to offer them the best possible education. But this has not been the case here. The primary goal of many Greeks has been employment in the public sector. Easy. No need for high-quality education, only the relevant formal diplomas or certificates, in most cases, of course. Moreover, because only a small number of Greek firms are export-oriented, innovative and internationally competitive, the, the demand to seek and hire the most talented young people has been weak. These two things have become mutually enforcing, like a spiral. I want to end this episode with a following quote by Nelson Mandela. Kind of cheesy, but I think that it wraps up this episode correctly. Education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. So, yeah, that wraps it up. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Reconomics by Upraise, hosted by me, Alkis Tudjarvidis. I really like this week's issue and I hope you also learned something new from this too. Thanks again and I will see you on the next episode.